You've heard of BetaShares. You've probably seen the logo on our podcast. You might even be among their 1 million investors. So you can imagine that I'm delighted to say BetaShares is the official ETF partner of the Australian Finance Podcast. With nearly 100 exchange-traded funds, you can go to betashares.com.au and immerse yourself in ETFs and unique insights covering all of the sectors, themes, core and satellite positions you could want. Think cybersecurity through the Hack ETF, robotics and AI with the RBTZ ETF, and uranium with the URNM ETF. The list goes on. To explore the BetaShares ETF range, visit betashares.com.au, read the relevant PDS and TMD on the website, and consider if the fund is right for you. BetaShares Capital Limited is the issuer. Is there a Spotify wrapped for investing? If you want to invest in shares or ETFs, our friends at Perla are more than one step ahead of the curve. On average, people who use Perla invest $1,750 every month. That's what we want to see, proper dollar cost averaging. With automated investing tools making your life simple, Perla investors have well and truly mastered the art of investing small bits lots of times. So if you're ready to start growing your net worth in 2024, follow the link in your Spotify or Apple podcast player right now to discover how you can get started today. Welcome to the Australian Finance Podcast. I'm Kate Campbell. And I'm Owen Rusk. And we're here to give you the tools and knowledge to invest both your time and money better. If you're new, feel free to jump in with our Starter Pack series that aired in early 2022 or our Shares or ETF mini series. We've got plenty to share with you in today's episode, but if you want to catch us on socials, head to Rusk Australia on Insta and Twitter. I'm also found at Kate Campbell AUS on Insta. And I'm Owen Rusk AU on Insta. Just beware of the fake accounts. We'll never DM you about trading strategies or crypto. And if it sounds a bit weird, it's probably not us. And just one final heads up before we get into the show. This podcast contains general financial information only. Think about your typical day. You get up in the morning and turn on the light. You're probably interacting with an electricity company. Then you grab your phone. Well, most of us do. That's a tech company. And scroll through social media. Probably an advertising company involved there. You wander into the kitchen and grab something to eat. Now you're probably interacting with food, beverage and logistics companies while deciding what to wear. Clothes and manufacturing companies. Then you drive to work. Car company, get in the lift, elevator company and stumble into the office with a coffee in your hand. Maybe if you're lucky, you just supported a small local business. Then you work all day for your company using software and tools from many other companies. In your typical workday alone, you interact with the products and services offered by hundreds, if not thousands of different companies many of whom you'd never be aware of because they're involved in the background. And many of these are international businesses. Yes, they are indeed, Kate. Welcome to this episode of the Australian Finance Podcast. And thanks for that introduction. So we're talking about companies that, I guess, not from here, from around the world. Beyond the borders of Australia, because we're a very small portion of the world's economy. We are indeed. You could say it, depending on how you cut it up, Australia and our stock market is less than 2% or less than 3% of the global company kind of universe. So there's a huge case to be made about investing internationally. And we're going to explain in this podcast how you can do that in a few different ways. And why it's important. Yeah. Like even just here, we're just saying we're sitting here in the studio recording this podcast and we're actually, we're surrounded by Rode, R-O-D-E is how you spell it. Road microphones and we've got our switchboard thing here 
That's Australian. But everything else on this table is not from Australia. And even if it's an Australian business that manufactures in Australia, they may use parts or processes that they have to import from overseas anyway. So there's a lot of, it's a very circular economy, like a lot of different countries are involved in any one company. Yeah, absolutely. In the most popular thing these days is like you turn over your iPhone and it says designed in California, made in China. Mm-hmm. And that's kind of the thing that it would it would say. And it's true, like our world is so intertwined, this globalization thematic that played out over like 30, 40, 50 years has really meant that everything is connected in one way or another. And you've really got to study to find out who owns what. Is it a public company, meaning is it on the stock market? Or is it a private company, meaning is it owned by investors or people that you can't invest in directly? And at the end of the day, companies are what make our world turn. I'm just looking around the room to try and find other things that might be Australian in this studio. Uh, I can't the water in my glass, hopefully. The, the water in your glass, <laughs> yeah, it came from a, like a utility business. And I mean, there's some lights. I don't know what else would be here. No, I wouldn't say so. The bricks have been here for a long time by the looks of it. So anyway, so we're making the case that you should consider investing internationally. But a lot of the research shows that a lot of people don't invest internationally because there's this thing called home country bias, where if I give you the choice of buying Telstra or AT&T or British Telecom, you're more likely to choose Telstra because you know it and you use it. Your friends have will probably work there. You've seen the stores, you've used their products, and you're familiar with the brand. Yeah, that's it. So another case might be, say, if you choose Commonwealth Bank over HSBC or ING, which is from Holland, many different you know banks that you could choose to do your banking with, but most of us just tend to go with the things that are Australian because we see that as safe. We see that as it's familiar to us. So At the end of the day, there is a world of opportunities, literally. Some of them are off planet as well when you think about all the things in space. (laughs) So there are so many different things that you can do using your brokerage account. I think that's the key thing is a lot of people think that when they get a brokerage account, they can invest in anything in the world. And yes, you can. Sometimes it's a little bit more nuanced. Sometimes you might want to have a brokerage account that allows you to buy direct US shares or European shares, which is a bit harder. Or maybe you use an ETF and even though that ETF is here in Australia, it takes the money and then invests it overseas for you. There are even less direct ways to do it. For example, if you own Blackmore's shares, well, Blackmore's makes those vitamins that you see in Chemist Warehouse or whatever, those vitamins are also sold around the world. So you might be choosing an Australian company that in turn has operations overseas, like BHP is a big one, right? The biggest company in Australia. Also, it used to have its shares on the London Stock Exchange and the New York Stock Exchange. And they did this thing called, I think it was called reunification, where they brought it all together. What a great word. Yeah. And that's why it's so big here in Australia on the Stock Exchange. That's why it's a massive part of your ETFs. But that sells all of its iron ore overseas, copper, you know, all these types of things. So there are many ways to do it. Maybe before we jump on uh, into the specifics of exactly how you do it, Kate, do you invest overseas? I do. I invest in multiple ways probably through companies that are Australian that have operations overseas or sell and export products over there. I also invest in international ETFs. So these are funds that are giving me exposure and helping me invest in international companies around the world without having me having to make too many individual decisions. I just know I want to invest in global companies and I find the, the ETF product that helps me do that. 
And I also invest in some individual U.S. companies that I just have a little bit of an interest in, like Disney. <laughs> Disney, yeah. So Disney is a good example because Disney's not an Australian company, but everyone knows it. Everyone loves it. And so in order to buy it, if you wanted to invest in Disney because you're like, I love Thor. That was totally my investment case. Yeah, yeah. I love Thor. Yeah, I love Thor. Or I love Mickey Mouse. You might be inclined to say, well, I could invest in an ETF that invests in all the US companies, like the top 500 is a really popular way to do it. But then it's only one of 500 you know, companies. You get 499 other things in there. Or you might choose one, like an ETF that only invests in like, I don't know if you know if there is one, but maybe there's an ETF that invests in like creative companies, for example. And it only invests in like Adobe and you know, Walt Disney and all these things that are really creative. I don't Possibly. think there is. In the US, there are a lot more niche ETFs than there we might have be in Australia. Like yeah. But here in Australia, we don't have that yet. But then you might be like, well, okay, what's my other option? Well, I'll just buy the shares directly. And that's where you get your broker. And the broker has like a US functionality where it can trade US shares for you. And you say, buy Disney shares. So there's a few different ways. Yeah. yeah. I used to invest a lot overseas. Now I mostly invest in Australia, but I use ETFs and then build around the outside as we've spoken about before. So the common question is, Kate, how do I invest outside Australia? So if we take those two main options, we can invest in ETFs or shares if we want to invest internationally. The most simple way is to use ETFs to invest internationally because you can get ETFs that are created and listed in Australia. So if you've already got a brokerage account, so that's just that middle marketplace where you can buy and sell things that you want to be invested in. It's like Comsec, Perla, Self-Wealth, yeah. Stake, CMC Markets, that stuff. So if you have a look in your current brokerage account, or you can just create an account, they're, they're free to open. It's very simple and you can create multiple. Have a look in that account and search for different ETFs that invest in companies and countries outside of Australia. So a common example, which we can get to, a common example would be the IVV ETF. This is the, you put this ticker symbol in or this symbol, this it's like a barcode, put that into the search of inside your browser. And IVV, all it does is it takes your money here in Australia and goes and invests it in the top 500 US shares. So you buy that here in Australia effectively, and then they, the, the company that runs the ETF, goes and buys those 500. So you don't have to create a brand new account you can just buy something that's listed on the Australian Stock Exchange through your Australian broker that gives you exposure to companies outside of Australia. Yeah, perfect. So just a little bit of a nuance here. If you're new to investing, you can open your brokerage account. So say like, I'll give you an example, like Perla, for example. If you trade with Perla, you open your Australian account. So you you, you go to perla.com, I think it is, uh, who is a sponsor of the show, I might add, for full disclosure, long-term sponsor, not paid to say this, but just using them as an example because this is how they started. You sign up and you'll get what's called an ASX or Aussie shares trading account. So you might be able to trade Australian shares. But then let's say you want to go and buy Disney or something like that. Well, you will need to activate the US trading account. It's still in the same platform, but you need to activate that. Now let's take Stake as a different example, not a sponsor or anything like that. Stake started the opposite way. They started with US shares for Australian investors. And then they said, well, you can also now do Aussie within that as well. So you kind of have brokers all trying to do the same thing. They're all trying to open the doorways for you. But the reality is you only need the Aussie side of your brokerage account to do what Kate is saying. So you only need that little Aussie because you're only buying Australian ETFs. And those ETFs go and invest overseas. Yeah. And then if you want to invest in individual overseas companies, 
you can open a US brokerage account. So US brokerage accounts through things like Stake, Perla, Comsec, they're fairly easy to open. So it is, it's pretty straightforward now in Australia if you want to buy individual US companies like Apple or Tesla or Disney. If you want to buy individual companies on different country stock exchanges, it's a little bit harder and you have to hunt a bit more to find a brokerage account that will let you do that. Yeah. So there are some out there like Interactive Brokers and other accounts. Like I think CMC Markets. CMC too. Markets might do it. But then there's uh, there are others that I think NAB did this for a while. Comsec have a challenging Comsec, see, see, Comsec, if you go to their website, they say they have something like 20 international markets. But it's really important when you look at these brokerage accounts and you've got to read their documents, their legal documents, but it's really important to know what you're getting. So if you are going down the path of, I want to invest in international shares, I would just say stick to the most popular ones, the businesses that have been around for a while. And if they say words like CFD on their website, just run a million miles and always check We've got a full you know, page for this where you can go and check it out. But what I would say is a lot of those brokerage accounts that invest in other parts of the world, like weird markets that no one could be interested in, but then there is someone interested in it, they don't typically hold the shares directly. So what I mean by that is they might have another party that does the dealing for them. And for me, that's just a bit like, oh, why would I bother? I'd rather just use an ETF, you know, or I just... Go and like between the USA and Australia and ETFs, you basically can blanket the world. You don't really, I don't think you really need to go off and try and find something that does it like it just invests in Turkmenistan or something like that. Like, yeah. So I, I don't have a brokerage account that lets me invest in anything but Australian US markets. Yeah. So I, I haven't had a need unless potentially you had a really strong case for an individual company in a different market or you're living in that country or you've got a lot of experience over there, I probably would just keep your plan simple. You don't need it for a good long-term core investment strategy. Because what happens, Kate, is you see every time, and you know this, but every time you cross an international boundary, there's a legal change that happens. So every time, like, so if we invest in the United States, it's a very clear set of rules. Like we're both like Western democracies, uh, there are rules, there are different taxes in America than there are in Australia, different taxes in each state of America for that matter. And so what happens is there's like a withholding tax form. If you invest in the United States, it's called W8 Ben form. You've probably seen this if you've invested internationally. This is a form that you have to fill out so you can re- pay a reduced amount of tax. Um, but let's say you go and try and do that and you try and invest in a country in Africa. I wouldn't even begin to know what the, you know, the, the, what do you need to fill out for that. So just be really mindful of that. And uh, I just say to keep it simple. Between ETFs, that's the simplest option to invest internationally. You just use your Aussie shares account, buy the ETF, it invests for you overseas. Then you've got the other brokers, which we've just mentioned, that kind of make US trading really easy. One interesting thing that I always come back to is if you think about the top 500 US shares, so that's called the S&P 500, it's inside that IVV ETF mentioned, 30% of their revenue comes from outside the United States. And a really interesting way, the really interesting thing to think about is we're both sitting here with MacBooks, right? We've both got our MacBooks, we've both got iPhones, you've got the Apple Watch behind you there. So if you think about that, we're Australian consumers buying from an American company, that we're part of that 30%. So if you go and invest in a US company that's like that, that is globalized, 
basically what you're doing is you're getting an international exposure, even though they're US companies. So that's why you probably don't need to go and find the other country that's down the line. It adds a bit of extra diversification to those US ETFs as well. Yeah, or you could buy the Vanguard, basically our all-world ETF, VGS for Sam. That's just investing basically everything. Thousands of companies all around the world. And so you could just use that if you wanted to. And we're lucky. We have a lot of choices in Australia now. If we do want to invest in international companies, we have a lot of choices when it comes to the ETFs listed on the ASX. Yeah, absolutely. We've got, what, 240 or so ETFs doing all different things. So, yeah, I mean, if you want to learn more about ETFs, we've done a mini-series on this. It was super popular, uh, 2022, where we filmed it and we explained how ETFs work, what happens behind the scenes, and how to get involved. So you'll find a link to that in the show notes if you are really interested in like, WTF is an ETF. Like, what are Kate and Owen talking about right now? Uh, This is all kind of new to me. Go and check that out. Uh, But just some examples of not necessarily just ETFs, but also things that you can invest in on the ASX. So we've already mentioned the S&P 500 ETF from iShares, which is IVV. It's got all the big names you would know, like McDonald's, Tesla, et cetera. Uh, There's one if you want to just invest in emerging markets. This is not an ETF. It's what we call a fund. So a listed managed fund. It's basically the same thing. You just buy and sell it like an ETF. It's from Fidelity, the Global Emerging Markets Fund. Its ticker symbol is FMEX. And this invests in companies from China, India, and all around Asia particularly, because those are what we call emerging markets. So there's a not developed markets. They're kind of cu- countries that are emerging and becoming more globalized and regulated and so on and so forth. And even if you want to invest in European companies, there's the Vanguard Europe Shares ETF. The ticker code is VEQ. Mm-hmm. And that's everything from Nestle to Shell, AstraZeneca, which is the name we're all familiar with now, yep. Louis Vuitton, HSBC Bank. So other names that you'll be familiar with that aren't US companies, but are still global brands that we consume from in Australia. Yeah. I mean, how many of us have had like Nestle anything, right? Unilever is another company that's massive. So there's so many different businesses overseas. And I think one of the things, just to kind of tie off a bit of this episode, is the reason you would look overseas is you want to be investing things that you just can't get here. So you think about like in the United States, all those technology companies, we don't have them here. We've got some great technology companies like Xero and all that. Uh, Canva, which is a private company here in Australia, or Atlassian. See, Atlassian is a good case study. That's an Australian software company. It's run from Australia, but it's on the, the US stock exchange. So they made the decision, well, all the big tech stocks are over in the US. We'll put our shares over there, even though we're an Australian company. Um, but conversely, a company like ResMed, which does the sleep apnea masks and the humidifiers that people use uh, when they go to sleep to avoid sleep apnea, that's a US company, but it's listed some of its shares here in Australia. And you might still need to fill out the WA-Ben form for that. And so those are all examples. But there's, there's so many wonderful companies outside of Australia where we're dominated by banks and finan- uh, financials and resources companies, which are great. But imagine for a second, Kate, that the Australian dollar falls. Now, our day-to-day here in Australia would be fine. Maybe inflation goes up a little bit because we have to import goods. But if the Australian dollar falls, right, and you're looking around you and you think, geez, my MacBook's got really expensive because you, the JB Hi-Fi has to buy it from the United States. My MacBook's got really expensive. But then imagine also, oh, I want to go to Europe this year, but the Australian dollar's like 25 you know, to the euro. I can't afford to go. That's an example of when someone's just had all their money in one country and something's obviously gone wrong. In Australia, we're very fortunate. It doesn't often happen. 
But then imagine that same person had some of their money invested in US companies, some of their money invested in British or European companies. When the Australian dollar fell, it would be like, well, great, because I can just bring all my money back from overseas and I feel wealthier. And that's the benefit of having that diversification globally. As Morgan Housel says, it's not unreasonable. Like it's, it's reasonable to invest most of your money around you. But the rational, like the financially prudent thing to do is diversify. So give it a crack. And there's so many easy ways to do it. Yeah. And we put international ETFs into our core portfolio. So, so we get diversification there and we don't just invest in Australian businesses. Absolutely. So if you are new to investing or you're experienced and you want to see how we do it, you can jump into the RAS core membership. It's $9.99 a month. It's basically, I think it's less than Netflix subscription nowadays. Well, I paid $16 for Binge the other day. 16 bucks. I mean, they're going like a trial or something. I think I've used that. <laughs> yeah. So we offer this membership. It's called Rascore. It's month to month. So you can cancel anytime. $9.99. And you can see all the ETFs that I'd invest in and in fact, actually invest in, as well as um, some individual stocks and some things that I find interesting in there. And you can ask questions in the forum. So you'll find a link to that in the show notes. I think there's a discount code there as well. So you can pick it up even cheaper than $9.99 a month, which is already bloody cheap. So investing internationally it's really, thanks to ETFs, it's really not that complicated. Thanks to brokers, it's easier than ever to buy individual stocks. It is the best thing to do, or at least consider, whether you're new or experienced, is just getting global diversification. Uh, you'll find our ETF mini series if you want to dive deep into that, as well as we've got the ETF beginning investing course. Uh, it's on Rask Education. So, Kate, that was good fun, investing internationally. Come on, Walt Disney. Come on. I think it's just a good reminder to look around you in your day-to-day because yeah. you touch a lot more companies than you probably realize. Yeah, absolutely you do. So go out there, have a look around, see what you can buy. Uh, oh, I'm looking at all these wonderful companies in the Be studio Be curious. Here. Yeah, we're just surrounded by camera equipment. Like this is Lumix over here. Yeah, I don't do know you where own, Is Road a listed company? Do you own no, I think it's shares? private. I think all of the big tech, Aussie tech companies that are involved in like the creative fields are private companies. Like Blackmagic is too. Yeah, but we have a wonderful economy around that. I wish they'd just be on the stock exchange. Anyway, <laughs> we'll go and find that out off here. But thank you for joining us. And Kate, as always, thank you for joining me. Thanks for listening, everyone. Thanks for listening to this episode of the Australian Finance Podcast. We hope you learned something new and were able to take one thing away from this episode. If you're keen to learn more, head on over to Rask Education and take one of our free money and investing courses. You could even become a Rask Core member for less than your Netflix subscription each month. And don't forget to subscribe for new episodes in your inbox every week. Plus, if you enjoyed the show, we'd love you to leave us a five-star review on Apple Podcasts or Spotify and send any questions our way via the link in the description. And before we go on, did this podcast contain personal financial advice just for me? Absolutely not, Kate. Our podcast actually contains general financial information only. What that means is the information does not take into account your financial needs, goals, objectives, or even your situation. So because of that, it's important that you consider if the information is appropriate to you and your needs before acting on it. If that all sounds a bit confusing or you're still working out what your needs are, it's a great idea to consult a licensed and trusted financial planner. And don't forget to do your own research. Are you thinking about starting your wealth creating journey, but not sure where to put your hard earned dollars? InvestSmart can help. InvestSmart offers a free quiz that makes it easy to find the right InvestSmart ETF portfolio to help you reach your goals. Just visit investsmart.com.au and hit get started. Answer a few simple questions about your goals and how much you want to invest, and you'll get a tailored statement of advice with a portfolio recommendation. 
you can visit investsmart.com.au for a no-obligations, free statement of advice. This ad is brought to you by InvestSmart Advice, AFSL 334107. For more than a decade, I've been hunting for the best investors and their methods, strategies, and tools for investing. After years in the industry, countless books, a few degrees, and 1,000 podcasts and live shows, I've rolled this accumulated knowledge into something called Rask Invest. If you've ever heard me talk about a core and a satellite, active and passive, true long-term compounding, or you simply want to know exactly how I would invest, now is your chance. Rask Invest is our new investment service, designed for all types of investors who want professional management of their core portfolio at a low cost from a team they trust. Rask Invest helps you automate your wealth creation and passive income. Simply click the link that says invest with Owen in your podcast player to join one of our live platform walkthroughs or book a call with us. You can also view the Rask Invest PDS and TMD and get invested with me.